0: hello love bug welcome back to another podcast episode i thank you for being here i thank you for being you i thank you for sharing your love and your light and your authenticity and even if that's hard for you to do i thank you for being able to show up every day just the way that you are that's just enough and you with the observation of maybe wanting to try to be more authentic or more vulnerable is one of the most powerful things it's just the beginning it's the observation portion of this existence so something that's been on my mind a lot recently and always is it like trickles in every week and then I think about it kind of have an existential crisis about it kind of just you know all these things is I've even written a poem about this that'll be on my poetry book and it's if I don't share my life if I don't share my vulnerability if I don't share the things that make me laugh or the things that make me angry with the world that I think I'm gonna fade away that if I don't share pictures videos clips of my life with the world and they're not seen I think I'm gonna fade away and so I have always been a a, a kid that didn't really get much acknowledgement I've talked about this a lot of times and so in my friendships and my relationships I preach I'm just like I need acknowledgement because that's something that I'm trying to heal is not getting that and if we can just you know really sit that down and I get acknowledgement I'm going to be all good and if I don't get acknowledgement I also think I'm going to fade away and that's how I sometimes felt as a child is it just felt like I'm not real and I've kind of adopted that and I also struggle with bad dispersonalization where I just don't feel real most of the time and I think a lot of people feel that way regardless. And it's just not really talked about. Um, like we all struggle with this association. But it's actually an incredible way that our body handles things. And we all have anxiety. And we all have depression. But there's not one person out there that doesn't struggle with that. Because that's the body's way of protecting itself. It's a, a way of us being able to, you know, get through things. And it's a beautiful coping skill that we have adopted over these years of fight or flight, you know. There was a war how when was world war ii 1940 something so not quite 100 years ago but literally not that long ago there was a war before then i think it was 80 years ago there was a war and then 80 years before that there was another war and 80 years before that there was another war and so on and so forth you know our ancestors never knew peace and the fact that we can communicate with the touch of our fingers to thousands of people around the world millions billions people around the world that's so incredible and last night um, me and my friend were kind of just laying on the couch like holding each other crying because we just needed a good crying session like for me crying is so grounding it's always been I I have a really hard time getting angry because I wasn't really allowed to show anger as a child so when I I need a lot out of emotions I just cry whether I'm super super happy I'll cry I'm super super sad I'll cry super super angry I'll cry you know no no matter what it is I end up crying that's my way of returning back to my body and I've always been so I've always had so much shame around that I've always was told that I wasn't allowed to cry or that's embarrassing or if I did want to cry I'd be like told to go to my room because nobody wants to see that and so being able to hold each other while we cry was is and has been so beneficial to my inner child just being like because I've never been held when I, I cry like ever any point in my life never had that so sometimes it's really really foreign but anyhow this like sitting there laying crying and eventually just turning that into like happy like tears being like our generational ancestors did not ever do this maybe they did in private But they weren't allowed to openly express these raw emotions. And it's crazy that our generation does that, but we take it for granted. And we think now it's too much when that's what our ancestors were praying for. You know, on their knees begging God for is to be vulnerable, to be seen, to be heard, to be acknowledged. And now that we have this time where it's becoming more okay to do so out in the open, we don't take those opportunities to hold each other a little bit longer, to kiss each other on the foreheads. Like when you go to Spain, they automatically, they automatically <laughs> my words, they automatically like hug and kiss each other on the cheek, and I think that should be normalized. We have such a lack of connection in this lifetime people even though it's socially accepted now and so just crying over that but also me and my friend were then um journaling and just listening to this playlist that i call um love letter or love poem i think like that i think i'm gonna try to link it in here whatever if not go to my spotify you, and i think it's like the fifth playlist down it has like an envelope on it and it's just a bunch of like love songs just like really really soft like bedroom pop or like um, bedroom indie or has some Quinny in there it has some um, um, I'm really brain partying all the artists but it's like all the like they're really really soft beautiful love songs um, female and male artists on there and all in between and it's we were just listening to that and she was just like isn't it crazy that some people will never be seen I don't that's not how she put it but that's how my brain registered it and I was just like yeah like people are so scared to be vulnerable and to be seen and to be acknowledged and some people will never know that also I don't even know if this was during the time of us listening to that playlist it was some time yesterday I'm completely blanking on yesterday in general I'm trying to be like more present so like I don't overthink the past days or the beginning days. I'm just like, the beginning days, but like tomorrow days. I'm just like, okay, right now is this moment. So I don't like overanalyze what I did the day before. I'm really trying to just be present in this moment. So when I think of timelines, it's like all jumbled up. So yeah, sometime yesterday we were talking about that. And I was like, yeah, like we're so lucky that I'm able to confess any kind of feelings of mine to you and they're accepted and right back, like any kind of feelings she wants to confess will be accepted by me and will be acknowledged by me. And I know there was one part in my life that I never acknowledged that, but I was terrified to be seen and heard. And I, I reconnected with a few friends that I haven't talked to since before COVID. And before then I was a completely different person. I was grasping at all angles for acknowledgement. I would gossip just to get acknowledgement. I would, you know, slander people's names. I would just, you know, there's no hate towards my past self, but I was hurting so badly that I needed acknowledgement from anywhere that I just did not become a great person. And so as soon as, you know, COVID hit, I had a lot of time for introspection. I went through a time of being incredibly suicidal because I was so sick and tired of being. Alive. I didn't know what to do with all these human emotions. And after going through that really dark tunnel, I came out saying, I want to be acknowledged in the most beautiful, safe way ever. And so I, I pushed away all my old friends that could not give that to me. And I was like, one year, I did not have any friends. I was by myself every single day. And I loved that because I'd never accepted that version of me. And then I started incorporating friends back that could sit down and acknowledge what I was really feeling and they could you know reciprocate some level of that degree of the same vulnerability and now I have great friends that we can sit down and cry and hold each other and say our biggest fears towards each other and we can say everything that's on our mind and it's fully accepted and some people just are terrified of that And I could say, oh, well, I'm not that kind of person, but even I've gone through those feelings of feeling terrified of actually being heard and seen. And, like, being accepted in my most vulnerable state um, and, like, acknowledging that my parents, they claim that they don't struggle with mental health, but they're also, like, my dad's a boomer. My dad, I mean, my mom is, like, not quite a boomer, but just, like, three years off. And so she grew up in like that same generation where they are not allowed to be expressive with the things that they love they're told to keep it hush hush they're told to be quiet and they don't know expression. so me of course as their child is going to trigger them because they could never express that and they don't know where to begin therefore when i try to express myself they're going to be triggered they're going to get upset they're going to lash out in ways that they weren't expecting that they don't mean to But it's just going to happen because their inner child is triggered that they can't be expressive like their child is and sometimes it's really really hard to observe and it makes me sad too that like a lot of my family members they're just so far gone not like oh they're so far gone but like they're so far straight away from what i know now that they don't even know where to begin with self-compassion and self-love and there's no judgment there. I just try to hold my compassion when they lash out or they get angry at me or they do things that feel super wrong and bad. I'm just like, that's just their way of thinking that they need to survive. And, you know, I could sit here and tell them, fuck you. Like, I hate you. You did all these things to me. I'm traumatized now. Or I can just accept that they were also a traumatized child and adult body trying their best, not even being prepared for children how many adults weren't prepared for children and now they just have me and my siblings and we're kind of just floating through this time and space with them as these things we call our parents that's a whole another conversation is families it's so weird to me that we have these groups called families on this planet and it's like oh even if family fucks up you still have to be like buddy buddy with them and a lot of these like societal rules are just kind of like fucked up in my opinion because like no if somebody like really fucks me up I'm not going to accept them you know I'll accept them to a certain degree but I'm not going to be buddy buddy with them until they recognize how they hurt me and I'm going to keep some distance because that's not fair to me like I've had a few um relatives do some kind of fucked up things and my family's like you can't just push them away and I'm like watch me I'm not just gonna accept them treating me shitty like that's not okay I'm not gonna do that and so I ended up pushing them away for a few years And then they'd come back and they'd apologize and they'd recognize their behavior and I'm like thank you I appreciate you coming to those conclusions I appreciate you know and I acknowledge them I forgive them and we move on um like, I was always raised... Well, m- my family now, I I had, like, three different family situ- situations now that I'm adopted. I lived with my biological mom uh, up until I was, like, five. Didn't really have, like, friends I would hang out with. And then living at my grandparents, I wasn't really allowed to have, like, sleepovers or, like, friends over. I would, like, go play, like, during the day and I'd have to come back and, like, besides that, no. And so, at that age... It was like, my grandfather always told me, oh, family comes first, family's always first. And I'm like, well, my friends treat me better than you guys do. So how does that make sense? Family makes me feel like shit. So why do I have to accept you and be around you more when you make me feel like shit? But when I'm with friends, I feel accepted to the degree that I can be accepted. And so that never made sense is family comes first. Yes, family does come first because they always will be there for you in these little funny communes that we have of family on this planet Earth. It just makes me giggle thinking about it. But also, family is chosen. Family to me, my authentic family, are my friends that radically accept me because my family can't quite radically accept me. They will still lash out at me and they won't recognize their behavior. And so to me... That it's like that's a different word to me. It's not quite family. It's the it's It's our teachers. My family is more of my teachers for me They teach me aspects of myself I don't want to be and who I want to be because there's some aspects of them that I love and I adore and I want to learn from And those aspects that I don't want to be anything like So family in society's terms to me is more of a teacher And then family to me is the people that I choose to be around because they make me feel so loved and so acknowledged and so me. They make me feel like I'm invincible. They make me feel like I can do anything because they pump me so much with love. They help help me accept myself for how I need to show up in the world. And so those are my family, in my opinion. Those are the people that I need something I know I have a couch to be on In my teachers I will also have a couch to sleep on but sometimes it's more conditional it's okay you're here and I need you to do all these things or yada yada it's not conditional I don't really know circumstances and this conversation can kind of be like a push and pull kind of situation this is just how I feel right now anything that I share in this podcast it's not concrete like this is how I'm always going to feel because one day somebody's going to tell me something and I'm going to feel different about a situation and so right now this is how I feel about family and friends and family and society sense being my teachers and family being chosen that's my family those are my friends so anyhow circling back is yeah there's a lot of people that are terrified to actually be seen and they don't feel worthy of radical acceptance or to actually be in a relationship that feels safe a lot of us we will fall back into relationships that feel like family that feel like home even if it's abuse but it feels safe to me and so I'm still struggling with binge eating That I've talked about in my food trauma episode and the episode before, like the 3 a.m. talk when I was anxious. And even though binge eating, I don't binge till I puke. I just binge until my stomach hurts and I'm nauseous. Um, And even though that feeling in that moment feels awful, it also is a super, super safe feeling to me. Because that was the one constant I had when I was adopted. Is... When I lived with my biological mom, I didn't know when my next meal was going to be. So being adopted, next thing I knew, I had this whole pantry full of food. And I could eat whenever I wanted, how much I wanted, because there was food. Somebody had money to go to the store and buy more food. And so I would eat, and I would eat, and I would eat, and I would eat, because I was scared of starving. And so therefore, I still have that same trauma response. as When I'm at somebody's house, and there's food there. And it's food that I normally can't eat because I also came from a very restricted food household I will go and I'll eat and I'll eat and I'll eat until I feel sick And that sick feeling is so safe in my body It grounds me because it's so dense and so heavy That I feel safe there But as soon as that, that feeling of like Sick feeling, that comfortability right there goes Then I feel like shit Then I'm like, oh, why did I do that again? So it's like a few moments of bliss. Like, oh, there's that safeness again. Like, I know that I'm safe. I'm not being attacked. I no longer have to be in fight or flight because I have a meal. Oh, now that feeling's gone. (laughs) And I feel like shit because I'm nauseous. My stomach's bloated. I don't feel good about myself. I'm tired all of a sudden. I want to take a nap. I can't really move. I have no motivation. So it's it's like addiction. It's like drug addiction. I just watched Beautiful Boy with... Um, Timothy Chalamet and the guy from the office, um what's his name? Michael Scott. I don't know his real name in real life, but Michael Scott and Timothy Chalamet <laughs> was in it. And Timothy Chalamet was a drug addict. And he kind of fit home because my biological mom is a drug addict. And although I don't really oh, there's some things on here I don't really want to share. But um growing up seeing that and just knowing that she was somewhere out there I don't know where or if she's okay that always triggers me like that there's people out there that struggle with addiction and sometimes they don't get help and the fact that it, it's just sad because they're doing that to feel void, the same way that I feel void with food the same way some people have sex addictions or porn addictions or um You know smoking nicotine addictions or alcoholism any of these things they're all addictions and we can look at somebody and say oh my god just get over it but until you have an addiction when we all have an addiction you will not know that pain all of us struggle with addiction all of us are trying to escape reality and sometimes people will be like oh yeah i have this addiction and i the first thing i want to do is judge like oh it would not be like that hard to get over and then I remind myself I have a food addiction <laughs> and that when I circle back to that I'm like damn it is not that easy because I will do it and feel good in the moment and then I'll feel like shit and I'm like I'm never gonna do this again and then I'll do it the next day or the next hour or the next second I'm like oh I need to fill that void again and it's that same continuous patterned behavior that's innate in us to find that safety net but sometimes that safety no longer is okay for us and we need to push forward and say are we trying to I watch this lady's reel this beautiful beautiful woman's reel that my friend showed me yesterday um I'm gonna try to find her account maybe link it in here if I can remember and she was talking about her food addiction too and then there's it, it another reel that said when you are hungry are you really hungry for food or are you hungry for love are you hungry for hugs are you hungry for compassion are you hungry for you know whatever else and so i told my friend yesterday like i really wanted a binge eat so bad because i was i was just kind of in an uncomfortable state i made cinnamon rolls yesterday and sometimes you don't put something underneath when there's like other liquids like when you make pies or like buttery stuff it will like splash and it will like start to burn in the oven and it did that and it set off the fire alarms and the people I was staying with it triggered both of them because they both have triggers with fire alarms and me I don't really um but they were both kind of freaking out so that sent my inner child into like fight or flight because I was like oh shit I just made these people like feel like crap these people are freaking out, therefore I'm freaking out, therefore it was just a whole lot of chaos, and so that night I was just like super, super disassociative, like not only really wanting to like grasp like anything because I was just like, oh god, I made these people feel that way, like shame on me, I should have been more careful, and then I forgave myself, talked to them, they got over it, everything was good, um, and I just like, Actually, I just forgot the point I was gonna make. I guess we'll have a moment of silence. Everybody take a deep breath. I just have another point I wanna make. Um, can't remember the previous point I was going to make though. But oh, so I wanted to binge and so I told my friend, I was like, I can't just sit here anymore. Like I really wanna binge and you told me to try to communicate with you when I wanted to binge. And she was like, okay, let's go do something. So we came down in the basement. We danced around and journaled. We like danced to like EDM kind of music and we just kind of journaled and bopped around a little bit. And that was a lot better than going and binging food. So I was like, sweet, awesome. Um, The next thing I kind of want to talk about is, um, oh, what's that word? Stimming like stimming so stimming is a very common word for like autistic people um but it's not really talked for adhd it's not really talked for um you know neurodivergent people in general and my true belief system and people might be like what i think everybody has a little bit of adhd because of the way society is everybody struggles with disassociation everybody struggles with anxiety everybody has depression Everybody has a little bit of autism. We think that autism has to look like a very, very strong autistic spectrum, but it does not. Autistic and um, being having autism can be just the smallest amount. Where we're, I, I can't say autism is one thing or another, but I guarantee you, most of the people that are neurodivergent in some way, because neurodivergent is actually a trauma response. It's because our body didn't get acknowledgement as a child, so our brain can't compartmentalizes in a weird different way it's not weird it's just in a different way I want to take that back and so having ADHD is a trauma response I have SCT sluggish cognitive tempo where my brain just takes a little bit extra time to understand and grasp what is really happening around me so oftentimes I literally will just disassociate and blank out and just stare at a wall people are like are you okay and I'm just like yeah I I'm like trying to protect myself at the same time, I'm trying to grasp what is even happening around me. And I swear I have a little bit of autism. I don't like self diagnosing, but I swear everybody has a little bit, like, or at least everybody that's has some kind of neurodivergent stuff. And so stimming for me used to be as a child like jumping around, like stomping our feet. That's was that was like a normal thing until society told us we couldn't do that. And um my friend when i'm here her mom allowed her to stim a lot as a child her mom stims all the time because she's neurodivergent and so my friend stims and at my house i will literally be like bullied for stimming like when i'm alone i'll like laugh at myself and make funny jokes on myself i'll like dance around i'll shake out my arms i'll like i'll stim whatever that means for you I'll sing random songs, I'll make random noises, I'll shake my head, I'll stomp my feet, whatever. But when I'm around others, I automatically mask that. And so when you don't stim and you need to stim, your nervous system will go into fight or flight because therefore now you're telling yourself you can't do something and you feel incredibly unsafe. So I promise you that if you stim and somebody makes some kind of joke about you, it's because they wish that they could do the same. And so I'm learning how to stim around people. I'm learning to take up space and to make weird noises and to stomp around and to giggle when maybe other well, people can't giggle or go like or ah or like just like like squeal or like ooh, like things like that just like little things like move around my body like oh or like howl at the moon when I'm outside or Whatever the thing is, I just need to let out of my system to make me feel more grounded in my body. Just doing it. And like, literally, I think my way of stimming too is like burping. Burping for me, for my digestive system, feels so fucking good. I don't know why. Burping for me is just amazing. And for other people, I'm sure they feel the same way. Except society says that you can't burp, which is so effing ridiculous it pisses me off we have like these society rules like that air bubble that needs to come out of your body you're told to keep in or keep private it's like it's part of the human body just let it rip I don't give a fuck like maybe if you burp right in my face and I'm not expecting it I might be a little pissed off at you if I'm like I'm eating food and you burp in my face I might be like dude just take a step away just for a second dude but if we're like walking on the street and you rip a fat burp I'm going to sit there and I'm going to laugh because that'd be the funniest shit ever. And I would just be like, damn, that was a good one. Oftentimes, I also rate my friend's burps. And it's just great. Or me and my friends will have like farting contests because, you know, I'm literally a child and I love that. If you fart around me, I'll probably laugh. And it'd be a great jolly old time. And what else did i want to talk about so definitely stimming like when i was on the plane so flying here i was pretty freaking anxious of just like getting on the plane getting off going through this big ass airport because i flew from michigan to denver denver airport or colorado denver airport is one of the biggest airports in the world like i think it's like uh it's definitely the first i think it's like the fifth biggest in the world so it's pretty freaking ginormous and I was coming from Detroit which is not that big if you've been if you've flown into Detroit it's not that big it's like it's a good size it's not the smallest but it's pretty easy to get around and um, like everything is very very well organized coming to Denver I even flew in it was not very well organized in my opinion there was so much going on like you literally had to like dodge people getting around you had to be like very like you had to know where you were going it wasn't that bad, but I just had to put like my like army drill sergeant face on and my attitude and I just had to go where I was going. And I, the one thing that I did on the plane that made me feel so much better is um, I flew on a bigger plane, so it was like three seats by three seats and before I've only ever flown two seats by two seats, so a much smaller plane so luckily it was just me and this business guy and there happened to be a seat free in between us so we got to like spread like we got to actually have room and like spread our legs and just take up space he was happy about it I was happy about it I was like it's gonna be a good flight and I cranked I had my earplugs in to help with like the altitude change because my ears are really, really sensitive to altitude changes and I put on my headphones I blast my music all the way up and I basically danced the whole three and a half hours like in my seat because that was my way of stimming I would yawn I would like do whatever I had to do to just make sure I feel grounded and not freaking out on the plane ride because when, when you're in a small environment and you start freaking out sometimes it's a lot harder to get under control because you don't have room to get up and get a fresh breath you don't have room to do all these things so stimming made me feel so much better and even though to some people that might be like oh that's embarrassing what the hell is this girl doing i felt so good i listened to like edm like dance music and like rave music where i kind of just like dance and float in my seat and we're just like moving my whole body to the best of my ability and singing and lip syncing and then i would take a nap and then i'd wake up and then i'd do it again and then i watched a little bit of a tv show that i had downloaded from netflix and then i'd do it again and then when um, we started like dropping back down because that's when everybody really starts freaking out. Is when um, like everything, like the the pressure in the cabin changes and we start dropping altitudes. I don't know the word that I'm looking for. Um, that's where most people get like motion sick or anything. And my friends get motion sick sometimes on planes, so I was like, hell no, because if I feel nauseous, I will have a panic attack. So I just dance through that. And even when the plane was, like, literally on its side, like, turning, and that would freak me out, I would just dance even more. I'm like, oh yeah, get into it. Get into it. And I would just, like, freaking do whatever I needed to, to just feel grounded in my body. And if I didn't do that, I probably would have had a panic attack on the plane. Like, if I did not stim, stimulate my nervous system in some way, I would have freaked the fuck out. Because that's our way of regulating ourselves so please take up space stimulate sometimes when people do stimulate it does trigger me because I was not allowed to do that as a child like growing up I was told you have to be still and if I was bouncy at all it's like oh she's in la la land again like and I'd be criticized and all these things and so now people do it sometimes it does trigger me because I wasn't allowed to but then I'll take a step back and I'll say oh my god they get to do that I'm gonna just join them so I'll join them Sometimes I don't. Sometimes it'll set their triggered, but <laughs> I'll do my best to just jump in and do what I need to do, just like how they are. And like I said, my friend stimulates really, really easily. Um, maybe not so easily, but to me, it's seen it's seen in an easier way. And so I just try to stim when she stims to let my know to let myself know that it is okay, and I can make weird, funny noises to regulate my nervous system. So, I think that this was a very, very, um, very very good podcast. I'm very happy um, with the way that this turned out. I've been struggling with, like, making podcasts lately because I've just been tired a lot lately. Um, Like, coming from winter to spring, my body doesn't have a hard time adjusting. It's just, like, I feel like an animal. Like, I'm coming out of hibernation and I'm just tired and don't want to do much because I'm just like okay things are starting to spring up like and as soon as I start seeing flowers I will have all these energies back and I'll have like all this stuff but right now I'm just allowing myself to be slow and steady and do what I need to do to just feel good in my body so I love you all so much and I'm sending you lots and lots of love and I'm sending you a big old bear hug and a forehead kiss and um yeah, I'd love to hear from you guys if you guys want to reach out. My new Instagram is just the letter you. Um dot U. My TikTok is hallieloves.you Um my Pinterest is hallieloves.you And my my Spotify is Y O U. Most of my platforms, if you're looking for me anywhere, is hallieloves.you, except for my Instagram, that's u For all of you guys that want to connect, because I love talking to you guys. Like when you guys send me little DMs and we just chat about life, I might not respond right away, but I will eventually get to our little combo. So, uh, anyhow, I will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.